Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast. In this episode, I was joined by Ash Shukla. Ash has been working in the financial management business for a long time, and he has an upcoming book called Financial Chakras, which caught my attention when he reached out to me to record a podcast episode because it's such a strange thing to put together. Uh, finance and chakras. It sounds like a real duality, and it caught my attention. We had a conversation before the podcast. And I thought Ash's Eastern philosophy approach to how finances work in our lives was really unique, interesting, and innovative. And I think you guys will enjoy the talk. So I'm going to make this one short today. I'm going to get right into it with Ash Shukla of Financial Chakras. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Ash Shukla, thank you so much for joining me on the Warrior Monk podcast today. It is an honor to have you. And thank you for reaching out to me so that we could uh, take this opportunity to do this. Thank you, Lance, for having me. Really appreciate you. Yeah, now this is a unique opportunity for me because uh, as I've started the Warrior Monk podcast, one thing I've wanted to delve into more is finances, entrepreneurship, um, especially education around finances and how money works because money is a huge stressor in people's lives. In American culture, especially, we're constantly in this uh, this loop of chasing money. Uh, and we'll, we'll get, get into the kind of mentality a little bit of, of your book, Financial Chakras, and, and more on you. Um, but before we, we really get into the nitty gritty, can you please give my audience an introduction on who you are and a little bit of your background? Absolutely. Hey, uh, hey guys, my name is Ash Shukla. I just wanted to say namaste and thank you so much for having me, Lance. I really appreciate you. And uh, those of you who are joining me really appreciate you as well. And to give you a brief understanding, you know, my name is Ash Shukla. I came here from India with $20 in no English, grew up here in Maryland, ran into financial services in 1994, was uh, not bad. I was actually pathetic when I started. I had to blackmail my dad through my mom <laughs> to get my first sale. And um, I had to take my exams, you know, several times to pass them. But what transpired from that was that, you know, I became an advisor, financial advisor, and, um, you know, I, be, I was managing over like $300 million, you know, at, at banks. And then I started my own company in 2004, made successful um, and made that successful. And once that happened in between, I became a keynote speaker for Congressman uh, Cummings and a couple other congressmen here. And, um, you know, as I was doing speaking engagements, I've helped over 5,000 business owners uh, and entrepreneurs and, uh, and so forth. But most importantly, you know, I was honored with a congressional honor where one congressman was so impressed with my work and how I had helped several business owners and entrepreneurs <coughs> grow that he took the United States flag and uh, honored me with the, uh, uh, you know, by, you know, giving me uh, the honor. So I am really thankful to be here. And I want to tell you guys that I really appreciate you. Yeah, that's great. You you have an, an amazing story and, and definitely one that that follows, you know, of the the one that we try to preach as the American dream of of coming to this country and taking advantage of opportunity and making connections with people and finding community and and it's I love to hear it. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Lance. I I appreciate uh you know those uh, everybody who appreciates, you know, what what I've been through, but uh I'm here to tell you guys that I believe in you guys. You know, I believe that uh, you have a story just like mine. It's just different. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's the, the best part of getting to know people, right, is to hear their stories. It's how we connect. That's how we develop empathy. And, and you know, we all, we, we all have different color skin or different religious beliefs. But like we when we connect on those stories of overcoming and having struggle and, and you know, c- connecting on the stories of our families or connecting on the stories of how we've have we succeeded. That's that's where the real cr- great connections happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. It, it's uh, connecting at human level is such a important piece. Mm-hmm. So on connecting and being connected to not only others, but yourself, I want to ask you about this term chakras, because your book is called financial chakras and talking about American culture and, and Westerners in general, many people may have heard this term chakras, uh, but re- don't really know what it is or what it means. So can you please explain what chakras are and, and, and your viewpoint on them? Yeah, so so give you a, a prop, uh, like clearer understanding lens is that what uh, chakras, word chakras, right? Where did it come from? So initially, the chakras were written up in 1800 BC in Vedas, uh, the uh, the oldest text um, called Vedas in India. So 1800 BC is about you know it's about 1.3 million years ago. Uh, almost 1.4 million years, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1.4 million days ago, not years, sorry. Um, but it, it basically, um, you know, if you really, you know, sit down and take a look at the word chakra. So chakra is a Sanskrit word and uh, the what it means is a wheel, right? So the, the literal term is a wheel. So there are the, there are seven main chakras in your body. There, there are epicenters for your emotions. So they start from the base of the spine and then they go up uh, to your head. So when you see, when you feel like, or when you think of the word Nirvana, you think of, you know, like uh, out of the body experience, right? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. So when you take a look at chakras, chakras belong in your body and there are seven of them. And these are also the places at points where majority of your nerves meet. So, and from that, they, it creates a um, what we call in um, in, uh, in uh, Indian is called nadis. So there are over seventy thousand plus nadis, meaning command centers that give different commands to your body. So mm-hmm. what what happens is with chakras is like a wheel, right? So if you think of a a wheel of a car, or if you take a look at your engine of a car, right? It's basically the the wheels inside of them are actually interlocked. So if you take a look at you know, if one piece of the machinery doesn't work, like the, let's say, wheel, uh, you know, and the, and the belt is not connected to your to your car, the car is not going to go forward, right? So it's a, right. it's a similar mechanism in your body. So what, what happens is that um, the other analogy I can give you is the, like, if you think of a like, combination of a lock, right? So there are seven main chakras. So if you think of these seven wheels are connected inside of your body, the seven chakras are connected. And when one is blocked, the other one is not open, uh, other one cannot open, right? So for instance, you know, and each one of them have emotions, like they, they're like your home for the emotions. So if the emotions are not flowing properly, like I'm sure your um, listeners Lens have sometime run into a place where they have anxiety or they have fear or they have uncertainty or you know they might be angry, they might be frustrated, right? They might be you know so they have all these emotions. They and what happens in during those emotions, 
is that you are getting blocked because your thought processes and your body is literally in such a state of shock and and your chakras are blocked because at that point imagine a car that is going and then it just doesn't work all of a sudden the engine stops right mm -hmm. so or a combination of a lock where the lock is not opening so when you take a look at seven chakras they are like a they are like the combination of a lock when one is not open the second one is is not going to open and they go in order right so that's what chakras are so chakras are this this um these epicenters for your emotions there and the chakra the word chakra means the wheel in your wheels in your body and wheels are not turning if uh your chakras are blocked right uh, i love the 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 analogy or the, the term it being a wheel you know because uh in in sticking with the warrior monk podcast theme here of of balance you know everything everything repeats everything comes full circle and um, I, I think it's really interesting because my background being in traditional science and biology, I love studying uh, neurological systems and even me mechanical systems, you know, as being a strength and conditioning coach. And, and we see this, this philosophy, uh, you know, in the East is starting to meet more with the West when we understand that things, you know, things have second and third order effects. So, you know, you may, you may be feeling, you know, brain fog but maybe it's something that's going on in your gut that's that's causing that you know so we i think we're just we're discovering more and more now that you know we are such complex organisms we're such complex creatures we're in such complex beings and it's not always as easy as looking at what the thing that may be the the simple problem it may be more complex it may be deeper it may be more spiritual even yeah yeah i agree with that that's just um a place where there is a what do you call this uh, when it comes to connections right so what uh, there are different types of bodies within your body right there is a um, there's an etheric body right there's a physical body mm -hmm. and there is a mental body right so when you take a look at different bodies so inside of your body there are so many layers of these things that really affect you so like it could be that you know okay you are you are angry but the question is why you are angry or where is the anger coming from just like you know you might have a uh, he have a headache right but the cause could be a gut issues it could be eye issues it could be something else mm -hmm. you know you don't know why you're having the migraines right so it's a similar effect and around your body there is a four feet of um you know layers so like if you look at um uh, you know, when 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 we say that like, we are energy, the question is, how do you prove we are energy, right? So I have this little device, mm -hmm. and the way it works is if you hold it on one side, there's nothing inside except like a couple of uh, small uh, batteries, right? So they, uh, but it only works, right? Uh, I am the 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 plug, if you will, right? So you know, the it only works when I touch it on both sides, right? right? And if, if I let it go, circuit. it goes away. Mm -hmm. And if I touch it, it starts. And if I let it go, it goes away. And so what this means is that if you were on in a circle and standing with next to each other, we would hold in hands uh, around. And then when we come to the full circle, it will light up, right? Mm -hmm. But, and it will only light up where there is energy flowing. So like your your chakras, right? It's it's real. Like when you go to uh, when you go to hospital, right? What are they doing? And when they put the monitors on the EKG machines and all of that, 
that that's all measurement of your energy as to what's going on right and you know they won't stick a, a measurement machine on your earlobe because there's no nerves there mm-hmm. there is no no uh, nadis there to really you know communicate so it, it, it doesn't work machine doesn't right. work you know so that's why they are doing that yeah and it's we are definitely beings of energy and i think we're finding out more and more uh how how much more complex it is than than really the western understanding is um i, I want to transition here to talk a little bit about this concept of financial chakras and and integrating finance into uh you know how we look look at these two things together so how how did financial chakras come about and and how does our chakra energy affect us in our financial decisions and our financial goals? Yeah, so what, what happened with me, Lance, was that as I was uh, moving up in the, in the financial field, I uh, was doing, doing really well. I started in 04, and first year I was at uh, 700,000, second year I was at about 1.7, and, and I was just kind of like going up in the, in the uptrend. And then somebody got better of me and I was scammed and I lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So since I got scammed and I lost a lot of money, what uh, ended up happening was I was, I'm an introverted person, so I, I don't really, um, you know, I don't really talk a whole lot. Uh, sometimes, you know, I just like to be by myself and that's just me, you know. So I was, you know, minding my business and I was really sad and I didn't know what to do. I didn't tell anybody about it, but my grandfather was my hero. So basically, like my, uh, when when I was born, my mom had a postpartum depression, so they put me with my grandparents, and my, I was the first grandchild. So you know, since growing up, my grandfather, you know, um, was my hero, and so he basically we talked about everything, right? We talked about yoga, meditation, philosophy, religion, uh, you know, business, finance, pretty family, pretty much everything, right? So he was a very well balanced person. So I was sitting down with him and one day we were just having a conversation about chakras. And I broke down, you know, because I, I started crying because I, I was in this really bad spot, you know, emotionally. So he helped me understand where I was blocked off and where I, where I had the issue. Even though my business was going great, I personally was just like, you know, I was down for, right. for that moment. So he's like, well, you know, so he helped me align my chakras. He helped me understand how this works and what have you. Um, And then I asked him a question. I said, so has anybody proven how chakras can exist in finances? Because I needed to, I needed to have a time, a way to come back because here I am, you know, coming here with 20 bucks and no English, worked so hard, had, you know, accumulated a good amount of money. And then somebody did this to me and I was mad. I was mad beyond, beyond belief. But at the same time, I knew that I had to uh, get aligned and properly uh, and just move forward because there was nothing else I could have done. So I went ahead and uh, got aligned. You know, everything was fantastic, you know, in a short period of time. And from that point forward, I went on this hunt because I, as soon as I asked my grandfather, has anybody proven how chakras have been, you know, which, was, which is the principles of the body, which is how this far what people have talked about has anybody proven how they exist in finances and he says that has never been done nobody has done it before i said okay i like this idea so i started uh doing combinations of chakras and what i found was that there was a definitive rule 
the, uh, which applies to uh, to money but more importantly what i also found is that um not only that there is a definitive rule that applies to money but that particular chakras affect particular money energy so like you know it, it is a uh, it was just a fascinating find uh, and then eventually i said okay i need to expand this a little further and now um, you know, I figured out a formula, a mathematical formula on how to measure your potential and how to measure your emotions in dollars. So like that became a very valid point. And then I expanded that into further by um, now I can like I, I have figured out a way to really see how chakras exist in a cup of coffee or, um, you know, or even a cell phone that you own. Right. So now for the first time, they are becoming physical. But this is the findings of uh, of this discovery and i'm like talking to my grandfather i'm like so what, what are we what are we going to name this you know sure <laughs> so um and then we were just thinking and we were talking about chakras and since it was about money so i said why don't we just call it financial chakras and that's how i came up with the name in right. 2008 well i love hearing the story of 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 you connecting with your grandfather uh, uh my my grandfather was a mentor to me too uh, and I, I actually, when I was in elementary school, I wrote him a poem and uh, the poem was called Great Green Grandpa because he was he was a finances guy. He was always investing in the stock market. Uh, he was always, you know, being very generous to the, the kids in the family. You know, his thing was two dollar bills. Uh, he would I guess he would go to the bank and he would get this collection of two dollar bills and he would he would always give them to the grandchildren you know if they did something good that day or had good grades on the report card but yeah it's it's wonderful to have that that connection and them to share their knowledge with us and and really help us that's you know that's how they live on in us is really in in you know those those parts of their character that that means so much to us and shape our lives in certain ways um and something that really captures my attention is you talk about you know chakra or chakras or energies in things like a, a cup of coffee or in, in your phone can you can you elaborate a little bit more on that because some people are kind of going to be like okay wait a second you're saying that my cup of coffee has some sort of spiritual energy so what what exactly do you mean by that yeah so what what i have found is that you know when you are looking at a cup of coffee or everything that you own is made for you so if you just keep that in mind so everything that you own was made for you. So like if you look at um, you know, any object that you have bought, right? That is a perfectly, you know, like you just love it, right? Whatever that is, um, you know, that was made for you. And there is a reason behind it. And then there is a definitely energetic forces that are at play to make the, all that work. Hmm. But yes, you know, there is energy inside of your cup of coffee or uh, you know, or a cell phone that you're owning. Yeah. And one thing that really captures my attention that you talk about is <clears throat> the emotion that comes with it too, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I, I talked a little bit about this upon first meeting you, but the, the emotional aspect of our, our finances and how that can lead to poor decision-making. And I mean, for a prime example, anybody who mentors in the stock market tells people for the first, you know, the first lesson you need to learn is to take the emotion out of the trading. And I think that's a little bit impossible because we're emotional creatures, right? So we can't 100% get rid of it. But if we let emotions drive our decision making, whether it be fear or greed or any of these things, I think it creates a downstream effect in, in, our, in our behavior and in it directly affects our finances. Do you kind of, kind of agree with that statement? 
Yes, I agree with the statement. I mean, you know, because what... So emotion, emotions are always going to be there. So what, mm -hmm. what's constant in our life is time, right? Right. So, but what's not constant is emotions, right? So the, what makes and breaks our life is the emotions and our ability to control it, you know, in a way. So what well, a lot of times what traders are telling you is that take the emotions out. But in reality, you're not taking the emotions out. You're just controlling them. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's not, uh, you're not completely like done with them. You are just reducing the effects of it. Does that right. make sense? So you're mm -hmm. managing the effects of it, basically. Right. So another thing we talked about earlier, um, too, was um, people having a primary chakra. And how does someone start to understand what their primary chakra is? So it's a very in-depth question, Lens, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm happy to answer. But I think the, one of the best ways they can do, one of the simplest things they can do is answer the question, who am I? Mm -hmm. If they answer the question, who am I, you will begin to... you will begin to find your primary chakra right so when you take a look at from childhood to now right you know and ask yourself who am i mm -hmm. it's not forward thinking uh, because forward thinking will be later but right now initially start with that who am i like ask yourself pause yourself wherever you are you know just put your hand on your heart and and close your eyes and take a deep breath and and do whatever you have to do to calm yourself down and just ask yourself, who am I? And that's a complex question in itself, right? Because we, I, I know we have an issue in, in the military um, and I, I've talked to people a lot about this a lot is that in the veteran community, we, when we say, who am I? The first thing that comes up is uh, maybe the branch of military service or the, the rank, right? And so you become so tied to that identity that is a part of who you are, but it's not who you are. Because at the end of the day, you know, you weren't you weren't born with a uh, with chevrons on your on your sleeve, telling saying that you're a, you're a staff sergeant. You're not you're not born with the with the name tape that says U.S. Army over over your heart. You know, that's that's becomes part of your life that you adopt. And I think a lot of people they cling on to that so hard that one aspect of their life, and then when they transition back to the civilian world and they no longer wear that uniform it's they lose it feels like they lose a piece of who they are so when you're asking the question who am i are you just are you asking people to really take a deep dive into themselves and not look at the superficial yeah so it's not a surface level question right mm -hmm. it's a really deeply rooted question so when you're asking who am i like you know what you do is not who you are Yes. Right? So it's a uh, it, there is a some correlation to it, but it's not direct. It may or may not be direct correlation to uh, with that. Right. So when you're asking the question, "Who am I?" Like for me, you know, I'm a uh, you know. So in in many ways, you know, when I take a look at my childhood to now, right, I've been a naughty kid, <laughs> right, and I was not the most straightforward person in terms of a student, right. So when I, when I take a look at my, 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 my life, you know, but partially it's because I am a very, uh, I mean, I'm a very heart-centered person, but more importantly, you know, I, um, I'm, I have a, you know, like a, a certain traits that I have are, are uh, like ingrained in me, right? So, I mean, part of it, like, I either love you or I hate you. Like, this mm -hmm. is, is that simple, right? So that's one of the, one of the things 
who I am, right? You know, so who am I is a deep question. It has nothing to do with what you do, but who you are. You know, that will begin to ground you and help you understand where you need to go next. Right. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think the the big thing that that comes around more and more, and again, it's the, one of the themes of this podcast is is balance. Um, and I think that's important in people's financial path as well. Um, you know, we can we we can get in the weeds and talk about diversification, right? And don't putting all all your eggs in one basket, but it it goes beyond just your financial world and and people in their individuality too. And maybe that goes along with asking that question of who who I am. So. You know, how do you think people start to recognize when pe- things are not in balance, and and how would you give it just like a simple key strategy to kind of recognize it and start to move things back into balance? Yeah. So the first thing is when you when you are thinking about out of balance. So I'm gonna give you a, a hint, okay? Because when we came here, I'll give you an idea. So when we came here, we landed. You know, I was the first one to get a job uh, at a at a pizza place, and then. A week or two later, I got a new job because they were not paying me enough. So I got into gas station. Now, I used to walk, you know, a mile or two to gas station every day. And the my, my life basically was I would go to school in the morning. We, I stayed at my aunt's house, you know, aunt's and uncle's house. My parents couldn't stay with us. They had to go to my uh, another aunt's house in an hour away. So we were not able to see each other for a little bit. Uh, but during this time, I would go to school in the morning, I would come back in the evening, uh, afternoon, and then I would go straight to work. I would straight start, just start walking to work, and I would work until 11, 12 at night, every day, Monday through Thursday. And then on Fridays, I worked from 3 in the afternoon to probably next morning, Saturday morning. And sometimes I pulled, worked until Sunday morning, right, just depending on uh, the staffing issues and what have you. So that being said you know at that time you could argue that my our life was out of balance mm-hmm. but the question is was it because in one year you know uh within one year we bought a house within you know uh and then we got settled in right so the there's going to be a time where balance is going to be relative right so the question is what is balance for you for us you know uh, balance at that time was was making sure that we get our own place and we start you know living our life and stuff like that because within three to six months we wanted to be out of our relatives homes and really start our own right so we moved into an apartment after that and then we bought a house and, and all that but at the end of the day that for us was the balance right mm. so to us that was more important so the question is what was important to you you know, what is balance for you? Have you defined that? Right. And most people don't know what, what they, what I find interesting about this, uh, you know, lens is that most people have never defined what a balance is mm-hmm. for themselves. So what is a balance? Is it, is it like what everybody else talks about that, you know, it should be all hunky dory, right? <laughs> is it, uh, is it, uh, you know, today is it like that for me? Yeah. Right. But was it like that before? No. Right. So, you know, the balance is in your timeline of your life, wherever you are or what you believe it to be. If you define it clearly, 
then you'll be able to understand what a true balance is or looks like. And if you are not in balance, it's okay because you can move towards the balance, perfect balance position, you know, as you are moving along. Right. I love that answer. That's, that's great. I, what I'm hearing there is there's so much is about perspective, right? And just, just as like, you have to, de you have to define it to know what it is. And, you know, at certain times, you know, it, it may not look like balance, right? Because you're, you're working extremely hard and like, okay, well, I'm doing nothing but working. But if you reach that end goal, the reason that you're working, well, and then now the balance may come on the receiving, the receiving end of it. So I really appreciate your answer to that. I like, I like your insight. And the one thing that, you know, people are going to come a lot at, at is, you know, that money does not buy happiness. And uh, American culture, we chase, we chase money constantly. You know, the, the business of America is business. Um, and it doesn't buy happiness. That's certainly true. But it does make life easier. Uh, so what do you think people should be working on or focusing on? Uh, in their life besides just their financial goals to kind of help bring, bring that balance and, and bring happiness? Yeah, so I think that the number one, the most important currency that you can get is the gift of giving. Mm. And your ability, if you deep dig, part of the reasoning I started this conversation with, you have to answer who am I? It's because if you answer that question, you'll be able to understand who you, once you understand that, now you're able to come from a place of power versus a place of weakness. So for instance, you know, you might be a creative person, right? And you are extremely creative person. It comes from a particular chakra. So like you might be an extremely creative person and you just love it, but you're the type of person who you, you, you do something and you constantly take exits. Like, so you're really creative. You're so creative that, you know, you just keep taking exits and you are finding yourself in a, you know, bad spots all the time, right? Or you might be a go-getter. You just, you just want to close your eyes and just go for something, right? No, it doesn't really matter. You think about it later, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? right. Um, that you could be that. You could be a heart-centric person. Right. As a, as a human being, right. You could be a very much grounded person, right. You know, uh, you could even be uh, somebody who is very talkative, you know, a great, um, you know, I mean, the great people, a lot of great people are have great communication skills, right. Um, you could be a, a very intelligent person. You are just a phenomenal think thinker, right. And there are many other traits that I could, I could say, right. I mean, you might be a blissful person. Right, just depending on you know where you always stay happy, right? That's possible. Now the question is as to if you understand who you are, you ask you answer the question, who am I? And you come from that space, right? And number one thing is figure out a way to to contribute to the community or the society, mm -hmm. you know, using your primary gift that you have. And that is the reason asking yourself, who am I so important? So the, your number one currency, your most valuable currency, the currency that's, uh, that's uh, valued you know, beyond measure, right, is who am I? Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you know your value is infinite. Now, I'm here to tell you that when you apply my formulas on how do you calculate your potential, 
you know, I will tell you that you are more than balanced, no matter where you are in your life. The, the questioning is, how are you viewing this whole situation? So the, the best way to do it is start with small steps. Mm-hmm. When you are really trying to get balance, you know, and you want to grow your life, right? Start with small steps. Maybe you don't have a lot of money, but you don't have to have money to be balanced. You just have to have a proper way of looking at things so that you can find the balance you're looking for. And to find the happiness, you know, you have to help others. It's the only way you're going to find happiness. I know so many people who have a lot of money, but they're miserable. Miserable, yeah. right? And you don't want to end up there. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, is it good idea to have money? Absolutely. Because it does help you, you know, make a bigger difference because somebody else might need it. And one of the things I have, my philosophy is that, you know, I believe that if you make all the money in the world and before you die, you make sure you give it back to the world, that would be a perfectly balanced life. Yeah. It makes me curious what's going to happen with, you know, huge fortunes like Jeff Bezos and, and, uh, and Elon Musk, some of these these people that have collected hundreds of billions of dollars. Like, what what's going to happen when they, you know, when they're no longer in this world because they're not taking it with them? I hope they do something to give it back. Yeah, I hope <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Because those are going to be a uh, those are some of the uh, some of the um, what, I, what I'm looking at like a really really big big amount of money. Like you know, some of them are worth. Uh, they're projected to be worth, you know, trillions. Right. Um, and uh, if I was to give you actual numbers, it would shock you. But uh, it's just a lot of money. Yeah. So I want to ask you the the worry month questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. And the first one is, and this is always for my own curiosity and to see kind of who else I can go look at in the world. And that's who's influencing you. And that can be any anyone from someone personal to an author to a historical figure. But who's Who's influencing Ash right now? So for for me, number one influence has always been my my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the second biggest influence has been my family, mm-hmm. um, and I would say even the number I would say before my grandfather would be obviously you know um, God, right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't I want to make sure I don't forget God, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the process of this interview, right. but at the same time in my life you know i think that the most important important inspiration that somebody can get is from you know uh spirituality you know i think if you really stop and think about all the leaders who are some of the great ones right financially fantastic you know you you may or may not remember financial leader but you will always remember spiritual leader Mm, you know whether it's your is the god you believe in right uh, discipling that you may be following, right? Or spiritual place, you know, somebody who is spiritual, who, who touches you at a level that money just cannot touch you. Mm-hmm. And I find them to be the most influential people. Is that their ability to do that is so, like it, it is so rooted. It really goes goes into who you are and you go, oh my God, like I can so much do better with this. 
mm-hmm. and I find that to be very, very valuable. That's a great answer. And when you hear the the term warrior monk, what does that mean to you, or what do you think of? So to me, a warrior warrior monk for me is I will actually if I have the picture, I'll show it to you. Okay, I don't have it here. Okay, but for to me, a warrior warrior monk is you know um, is somebody who is taking the fight from within. Mm. And and he's ready, like you know, like I've seen. You have you seen like monks in a, uh, like in a karate position, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know any position, so I can't really demonstrate. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but to me is that I have this one image that I'm, as soon as he said it, it's a little boy, um, in uh, in um, in you know. But anyways, he's a monk boy, and he is actually in a in a karate position, standing. And that's what I thought about when I heard warrior monk. <laughs> yeah. the, the Shaolin Shaolin monks, right? And yeah, Shaolin monks. Of original yeah. martial arts and, yeah. and everything. But yeah, I mean, that, that is the, the, the image that comes to mind for so many people. Um, yeah. Ash, if, if someone wants to connect with you, if they want to uh, find you, if they want to learn more about financial chakras, where, where are they going to go to find you? Yeah, so they can uh, go to financialchakras.com. So it's financial, C-H-A-K-R-A-S, as in Sam, dot com. Uh, or they can go to my website, Ash Shukla. So A-S-H-S-H-U-K-L-A dot com. If, the, if you want to find out more personal information, go to ashshukla.com. If you want to find out about financial chakras, go to financialchakras.com. I would highly encourage you to check out my book that's going to come out uh, really soon so if you want to do a pre-order you're most welcome to do so um but uh, you know please check out the book i think it's going to be really great you know? and where can they do the, the pre-order uh, the right on the website financialchakras.com is it going to be available like on the major distributors like amazon and things of that nature as well yes it will be available uh in in major distributors and if you want to be on a just a list you know that um in terms of like my future, like if you are looking to buy it but don't want to do it right now and you want to be on the list, just shoot me an email and I'm happy to put you on the list. Great. Well, Ash, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you again so much for reaching out to me. This is one of the most unique ones I've had on the podcast so far, but I'm hoping to do have more guests like you in the future. And uh, I really appreciated your perspective and your story. And thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Lance. I really appreciate you, buddy. All right. Thank you again to Ash for joining me on the Warrior Monk podcast. This was one of the most unique and special episodes to me because I really felt connected to Ash on a lot of the stories in relation to family, especially his grandfather. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys did as well. If you want to learn more about financial chakras, please go check out his website at ashshukla.com or you can find them on the socials, Facebook and Instagram at financial chakras. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on the Warrior Monk Podcast. There's more content coming soon, as well as the revamping of the Warrior Monk Podcast and Warrior Monk Solutions website that is coming soon. Uh, Thank you guys, as always, for supporting. There's going to be more content coming out. 2021 is going to be hopefully a big year for the Warrior Monk Podcast. And for me, I appreciate you joining me. Please feel free to shoot me a direct message. Shoot me an email from Instagram at the Warrior Monk Podcast or on Facebook as well. Let's connect. 
Let's have a conversation and let's talk about growth through balance, what it's all about. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon.